So Chris Doty, an EM program director, um, is putting forth his trepidation about things like podcasts and blog posts. And this is the stuff I need to respond to. Uh-oh! Folks, it's time for Wildcast EM, and we're going to do a short little podcast. We normally have the Wee Wee. This is going to be even shorter, and we're going to call this the Wee Wee Wee. Uh, with me in the studio today, actually, it's just my office at home. It's not really a studio. Is Chris Doty? Chris, how are you doing? I am doing excellent. Uh, Chris came over today to record this very, very special episode, and uh, we're going to try to keep it short. Although I know both of us could go on about this for probably a couple of hours. This is in response to a podcast that we did. Uh, we recorded it a couple of months ago and recently posted it. We actually recorded it in Chris Doty's basement. Chris, it was a lot of fun sitting in your basement talking about podcast. Good times. Well, it's not like there were, you know, like a small room with a bunch of creepy lampshades in there. It's No, it's, it's a big room it's with an creepy office. lampshades. Yeah, it was a good office. So in this episode, we were uh, li- literally the, the four of us, uh, me, you, John Bronner, and Will Sanderson were, you know, we we're sitting around talking about podcasts and, and can you, the title of that podcast was actually can you trust the podcaster? And and really, I think what we talked about the most was, can you trust what you hear on a podcast? And we talked about the concept of residents who come to you on shift, and they've heard something on MCRIT or MRAP, and they want to do it on shift. And it was a great episode. We posted it, and we must have scratched a nerve. Um, at least I think we scratched a nerve, because a couple of weeks ago, very recently, uh, Scott Weingart posted on MCRIT a response or some thoughts about that podcast. This one is in a response to, I guess, a specific podcast commentary, but also to a general groundswell of opinion that I've held off on responding to for a long time, but I think the time has come. And I just want to read a couple of the comments. Um, I think he was a little bit, and this has been talked a lot about in the podcast world, can you trust what you hear on podcast? And so Scott posted something that I think has um, sparked some interest on behalf of Chris Doty, and Chris is going to talk about it. Scott basically said this, and, and I'm just going to read. This is actually the transcript from from his podcast. Uh, we're very official here at Wildcast. We have transcripts <laughs> and, and scripts and everything. And we have leather-bound books. And many leather-bound books, yeah. We're very important. So this is what Scott said. I, I've given some degree of lip service to uh, when program directors talk about uh, that their residents are listening to podcasts and then coming to the attendings with these new ideas that they haven't fully researched or don't fully understand. And I say, oh, yes, I, I, I know it's a problem. And I try on MCRIT to say that this is my practice and shouldn't be your practice. And, and you know, for a while now, I've just been commiserating. So this, Chris, this kind of uh, irritated Scott, and specifically he called out, and I think a lot of things he said were actually complimentary, but he did call out Wildcast, and he did call out you, and I just wanted to know if, yeah. if you wanted to, to sort of explain a little bit more about what we talked about, and did we, did we prove a point with, with this, uh, this project we did? <laughs> well, I, you know, hashtag winning I uh, I got Winning. Scott Weingard to mention my name like five times on his podcast. Oh, we're going to have a contest now to see how many times he can mention that name? 
I think Scott um, took it a little personally. It's interesting because when I think of the podcast that I worry a little bit about, uh, it's it's not MCRIT. Um, and then in his blog, he talked about it. And then there were a couple of um, comments below. And the people that responded, like Chris Nixon from Life in the Fast Lane and uh, um, uh, the podcast lead from um, St. Emlyn's. Simon Carley. Now it's Beardwell. Oh, I, Ian Beardsell. Beardsell. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I haven't read it yet, but it sounds like several people commented on this. Yeah, but the, I mean, you know, you're talking about MCRIT and St. Emlyn's and Life in the Fast Lane. Those aren't the podcasts I'm worried about. I mean, you you, you know, those plus life, uh, plus academic life and emergency medicine probably compromise the top five podcasts in emergency medicine in the world. So I'm not wasn't speaking necessarily about those podcasts, but but the idea in general. So here's my perspective on 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 what happened and the reason I just wanted to to respond for a minute I don't think there has to be this ongoing discussion this podcast back and forth war between uh Scott Weingart or you know Mcrit and Wildcast DM nor you know what I want that um but I sort of think that Scott proved my point hmm yes so what happened was if you look at um, his post, it has the link to our original episode that where we talked about this. Uh, and then, uh, and then Scott talks for a few minutes, maybe three or four minutes. Uh, and the first 90 seconds or 60 seconds, uh, is basically the hook of our podcast, the, the, the beginning part where we're trying to scoop people into it. And it's me, you know, part of our shtick is Dodie's rant. We do that every once in a while. So the first, you know, 90 seconds is, is me trying to bring people in with this, this question. So that's what he played. He played right. the hook. Right. Okay. So Chris Doty, an EM program director, um, is putting forth his trepidation about things like podcasts and blog posts. So I think... One of the things that pisses me off, and as I as I get further along in my career, I, I realize I'm I'm turning into uh, like an old curmudgeon about a lot of things. But uh, you've, you've been there for a while, actually. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's true. I, so what what one of the things that I worry about is residents that look at podcasts as evidence uh, of their practice, and that really concerns me. So. This let, let me give you a little bit of background to how I think about this. So w- when I was a kid, um, we would I would watch TV at night with my parents. You know, usually the nightly news, and you would watch TV. You'd watch the nightly news, and you know Tom Brokaw or uh, or, or Walter Cronkite. Walter you, would, Cronkite. you would see the person uh, up in front, and you trusted that somebody had vetted that person that they know what they were talking about. So not just anyone could sit up at the anchor desk for NBC News or CBS News and and say what what they thought about things. There was a process to 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 buy into, you know, you having that audience. So one of the things that concerns me a little bit is that any knucklehead, in fact, in this room four <laughs> knuckleheads that own microphones can create a podcast and put things out there. And it it doesn't particularly matter whether what you say is correct. If you get enough listeners and you're entertaining enough or provocative enough, uh, then you, you build um, 
a readership, so to speak, and and that gives legitimacy to to what you're saying. And then uh, and then went on and, and talked about how he disagrees, uh, and he made some pretty bold statements in there, um, which. Yeah, I'll, I'll read one of those here shortly. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was surprising. Um, I think he may have overstated his point, but that's fine. I've done that maybe a million times um, myself. But the original podcast was there, and if you read the comments, it's pretty obvious that most people that responded on his uh, blog did not go back and listen to the thirty-five or forty-minute episode. And that's exactly what I said people do, is that the problem with podcasts, and not necessarily MCRIT, because MCRIT actually brings the root literature right there in the in the show notes, in the blog, but the problem with listening to podcasts uh, is that if you listen to what just the podcaster says and follow their recommendations without going to look at what the root literature says... I think that's a dangerous practice, and that's exactly what I was trying to get across in hmm. in our uh, in our podcast, in our episode. And it seems to me that's sort of exactly what people did, where they didn't click on the original episode. They listened to the the most provocative four percent of what we said, um, and there were four of us there. Um, so they listened to uh, to what we all said, although it was mostly me talking at the very beginning setting up the rant. And then they commented on it, which is exactly what I was concerned about and what I was sort of saying. So let me set the record straight. I like podcasts. I like multimodality learning. I think they're extraordinarily valuable. But if somebody doesn't go back and check the original literature, if we don't vet it ourselves, then it's unvetted. Um, I don't agree that this is vetted in the same way for all podcasts as the medical literature or even as throwaway journals. Um, I, d I don't agree with that. I don't agree it's vetted in the same way as uh, as national conference talks. Um, I mean, some are, some of those talks are vetted and some are not. It depends on whether you know the person discloses a conflict of interest. But but there's a vetting process for those things, um, and for many podcasts, not MCRIT. But for many podcasts, uh, there's not. Yeah, we yeah. have no vetting at Wildcast. <laughs> no we have vetting. negative vetting. Yeah, we 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 have betting. We have betting. <laughs> um, and then the other thing is that uh, I have a different perspective than Scott. So, as an EM program director and as uh, a formal educator in our department, um, I have a responsibility to set up a comprehensive curriculum that covers all of emergency medicine. Uh, and, you know, that, that needs to be multimodality. And any of my residents can attest to the idea that, uh, um, that I, I work pretty hard to create multimodality learning environments that I try to pull down podcasts to, to supplement this lecture or, or pull down, um, you know, papers for that or videos for this and, and procedural experience videos, and then we go practice them. So I'm a big believer. I'm, I'm a believer. Yeah. But it needs to be a piece, and I think somebody has to vet it. So it either needs to be curated by the, by the formal educators 
or uh, or if if you're not in a residency program, you're not a, you're not training. You need to vet it yourself, and that involves going back to the original literature uh, and just looking at what what the podcaster said and is that supported. And frankly, that's what Scott said in the second half of his of his what I'll call his rant. So the first part was me talking, you know, the the cook, and then the second part was him saying, "Yeah, you need to go back to the original literature. You have to uh, you have to say exactly or look exactly at what was said." So in one word, I would have to say, uh, agree. I absolutely agree. It, it, it is critically important. And MCRIT, MCRIT does that very well. Uh, and I'm, I'm not sure all podcasts do. In fact, I'm sure that many podcasts don't. And I think that what happened was just proof of my point. Hashtag mic drop. <laughs> I love, listen, I love Scott and I respect him and I learn a lot from him. And, uh, in my mind, I mean, he's, he's, I mean, I'll, I'll just say, I just, I, just, I love the guy, man. So I have, I have nothing, nothing, nothing at all negative to say. Um, but I, I have to disagree, I have to disagree with him because I think he, he commented that this, this issue, and he didn't say it like this, but he said this issue should be pretty much dead by now that he's tired of talking about. And, and tired of answering these questions, can we trust what we hear on podcasts like we can in journals? And I, I disagree because I, I don't think this discussion is going to end any anytime soon. I think if we stop asking that question, then then people are going to just take for what take what they hear on podcasts yeah. and run with it. I think especially for people that are that we're trying to to teach to be more digital and we're trying to get education more digital, and and that's going to involve. Sometimes younger, but many times older attendings, uh, if that ever happens, and, and convince them that podcast. Many of them, some of them, not, may not even know what a podcast is. So I don't think this discussion is going to end. That can people trust podcasts? It's no, not going away, nor should it. Right. Let, let's not stop the debate. Let's not Absolutely. censure the press. And he made a couple of, of comments. I just want to talk about one. Actually, one of them was an interesting comment. I don't know that we do it. I don't, maybe you do, maybe you have your own style. I don't know that you need a departmental policy or, or a formal thing to do it, but maybe, maybe I think it's something to discuss. How do you set up in the residency or a residency, how to handle this issue when residents come to you with a podcast? Is there, I mean, cause I think he mentions it somewhere in the transcript that, you know, maybe people should teach their residents, you know, for example, he says, make a set of rules for your residents. Yeah. Uh, for your learners, tell them the proper way of bringing these new concepts up. I don't know that there is a proper way. They, they normally just bring them up during shift or conference. Yeah. Well, he was relating a story from from his uh, early training of how he would he would bring forward things to his attendings. Yeah, I mean, maybe we should say, you know, I don't know that again. There needs to be a formal policy, but maybe we say, hey, if you're going to bring a concept uh, during a shift, then bring an article or two with it uh, and and discuss it before you just say, hey, let's let's do push dose pressers. What's the evidence? Well, I heard it in a podcast. I mean, maybe I don't know what the yeah. solution is, but it's interesting he brings it up that maybe there needs to be some type of process. The other thing he mentioned that I I'm trying to get my head around it. I don't know that I agree with it. I know what he means by it. And I, and trust me, I love podcasts. I get most of my education from podcasts. Scott says the only difference between podcast and the medical literature between podcast and throwaway journals, between podcast and grand rounds talks, is that a much larger number of learners listen to podcast? Zowie, do, do you, bazinga? Do you, do yeah. you um, what do you, do you agree with that? I mean, I think it's okay to disagree, but no, I think I think there's a lot of lumping there. When you say podcasts are podcasts are, 
you're putting all podcasts together, um, sort of uh, giving them equivalency to one another. And yeah, I, I mean, I challenge the idea that that there are podcasts out there that are better than, you know, uh, than medical literature, better than JAMA, or as good as JAMA, or all podcasts are as good as JAMA, or all podcasts are the same. I mean, now you're saying that MCRIT is just as good as Wildcast EM. Um, and <laughs> that's a stretch, really. Yeah, and is. I don't, I, I don't think you can compare those two. Nor, nor can you say all podcasts. Um, I, I understand what he's getting at. I understand the principle, um, but I and I and I do disagree a little bit with Scott. I think peer review happens up front for journals, whether it's a perfect process or not. Um, I think we can talk about, and I think it's not a perfect process. But peer journal or peer review for journals happens up front. It does not necessarily happen up front for podcasts. Certain that all podcasts. Uh, and some podcasts don't undergo any peer review. Now, MCRIT does. Um, it, it has, uh, and I didn't know this before, but it has a series of people that look at it before it goes out, so Scott says, um, and uh, have no reason to doubt him. But also there are uh, comments uh, after his posts um, that provide some element of um, peer review. People can comment back on it. Um, not all um, podcasts do that. In fact, I've I've made comments, sent emails to people that that have uh, uh, that have made podcasts, and those emails and comments did not make it into uh, the next episode, and that's a problem, right? That is essentially censoring debate and limiting uh, peer review. I think a lot of people don't like to be challenged um, in their podcasts. Again, that's not specifically Scott, uh, but many people don't want to be challenged, or if you make a pretty significant point that degrades what they said in the podcast. They, a lot of people don't want to put that up. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't necessarily, I mean, I agree with obviously most of what Scott says that this, this last comment about everything being equal. I don't know that I, I, compl- I know exactly what he means. And, I, and listen, I love podcasts and um, we've mentioned this before and it's like beating a dead horse. You know, I trust people I listen to, to vet a lot of these things for me. I, I trust Scott to vet the critical care literature for me. And, and, uh, I think we, we do that, but anyway, this is uh this has been sort of a, I guess we'll call it a wee, wee, wee. Yes. A, a short, 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 uh, rebuttal, kind of a rebuttal, uh, to Scott Weingart. Uh, if you have any questions, uh, send them to us, uh, wildcast em at gmail.com and we'll just keep going. I don't think this, uh, this subject is dead. I think we're going to have to keep talking about it. Uh, especially as more podcasts become developed, as more concepts become more clear, I think people are making these podcasts. It's not going to stop, and I don't think this discussion really ever needs to stop. Um, I think if we if we stop it, then we're going to become stagnant. That's my humble opinion from the Wildcast um, EM podcast, uh, and we have nine listeners, maybe maybe I think, ten. I think we're up to double digits. Yeah. So uh, we're we're serious now. We're in the double digits, and um, so that's our opinion. Anyway, Chris Doty and Rob Rogers signing off from Lexington, Kentucky. Have a good one. Thank you.